Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. The three of us are going to jam this evening on a topic that has come across our desks more and more and more recently. And I think with more and more fervor recently than before, I think one of the unintended intended consequences of COVID was people got to actually decide, hmm, is this what I want to keep doing? Is what I'm doing what I want to keep doing? Is what I want, is what I'm doing nourishing to me? Is it, is it my purpose? It, it kind of sparked that question. And one of the things that the three of us love to jam on is this topic. Uh, and I'm also going to throw in the chat early that we have an event that we're all doing together over Christmas and New Year, or over New Year's rather, down in Costa Rica. And that's going to pop up through the chat. So we'll hit it a couple times. So what we're each going to do is just spend a couple minutes sharing and of how we came to be doing what we're doing and how we have helped guide a number of people just like you all into expressing what they want to be doing, not finding it, not figuring it out, but really expressing it. And we're also going to share a little bit about what we're teaching uh, over New Year's. So we're going to start with the man himself. We, we start with the doctor. Uh, please put a warm welcome to Dr. Jeremy Goldberg, aka Long Distance Love Bombs. Some of you may see I have Jeremy's words framed behind me. Jer, would you mind giving people like a 60-second shot if they well, they all know who you are. You know, just like a reminder of for the two people on the call who may not know who you are, what you, how you express yourself in the world, how you came to it, and some of the ways that you help people find that same thing. Just that. Yeah. And um, um, like six minutes. If quick, you 60, 60 seconds. Jared, <laughs> seconds. Seconds. let me just add before you dive in, we're going to do a Q&A at the, at the end, folks. If you have questions, please hold them till then. Yes, I think that's part of the main, the main fun of the call is for each of us to rant for five to 10 minutes and then take questions from the audience. So yeah, that's going to be good. Uh, who am I? I am a compassion cultivating, day making change agent. I am an empathy collecting, anti-quitting word wizard. I am a ferocious idealist. I'm a never giver upper. Uh, my name is Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. I am a recovering scientist turned life coach, podcast host, spoken word poet, author, ranter, walker. Um, my background is, uh, yeah, so Traver and I just did a podcast that was an hour long about me talking about exactly this topic. So if you want to dive into that, it's live now. But the short summary, the synopsis is that I spent about a decade working in natural resource management, conservation. I studied coral reefs. I lived in Australia. I lived in Thailand. I lived for a couple of years in the South Pacific in a place called American Samoa. And then while I was doing a PhD, I started a side project called Long Distance Love Bombs, which was all about trying to make kindness, cool, and compassion commonplace. And that initially was a distraction from the burnout suck that was my life at that time of writing a thesis and feeling tired and irritated and unfulfilled in a deeply profound way that I could no longer bypass with alcohol, um, adventure and distraction. 
And it just kept kind of eroding my soul. And so I started this thing on the side that was cute and fun and fulfilling. And that has led me to where I am now, which is years later, um, turning it into a career. I get to do fun stuff with amazing people like, like these two and many others. Uh, I've now taught events on multiple continents. I have a podcast, like I said, I'm writing my second book at the moment. And what I've learned from that experience was that, like I vividly remember leaving my house one morning and going and walking to the beach and I took my journal and I wrote down uh, four words, hearts change their minds, like hearts change their minds. And it was in relation to <laughs> being cheated on by a partner. That's a different uh, Zoom call. It's a different conversation. But it, it, it really, <laughs> we'll just pause that one. Um, but it relates to everything. So the idea that hearts change their minds. And so for a long time, my dream, my path, my ambition, my, my greatest desire was to be a scientist and to continue working in tropical coral reefs and to save the planet and to do all these fun things and have a lab and publish important papers. And I realized more and more as time went by, as my excitement and fulfillment decreased and my irritation increased, that I had a deeper desire, right? And so I think for many people, what used to work, what used to really light you up, what used to fill your cup, may no longer be doing that. And I think that creates, at least in my own experience and working with clients, it creates an opportunity for introspection, but it also brings with it a tremendous amount of uncertainty, terror, and, and invitation, invitations inside to try to figure out like what you really desire. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I've described purpose and, and all of that with various clients is to identify there's various ways, like identify what really pisses you off about the state of the planet, identify your, great, your greatest pain, identify the thing that you desire to fix or prevent in others, and, and have at it. And go about trying to solve, fix, improve, enhance, minimize, heal, whatever that might be. And in that same regard, trying to juxtapose or perhaps synergize or unify the thing that you are best at and the thing that you love most into some form of a deeper purpose or fulfillment. And I think if you can try to hit those various bases, you're, you're in this sweet spot. And one way I've heard it described is, is that I think it's an African proverb. The purpose of life is to find your gift and the meaning of life is to give it away. So the purpose is to find your gift. The meaning of life is to give it away. And I think in our culture, in our society, we're oftentimes incentivized or rewarded by giving it away. And we just skip that first step. And we think, how can I monetize this? How am I going to pay my mortgage? What are my family and friends going to think? And we're worried about the giving away. And we've completely neglected the profound and intense experience of identifying what that deeper purpose is inside of us. And so I think part of the journey is to explore that space, to navigate it. And also for me, a huge part of that was allowing and admitting and accepting and surrendering to this idea that my purpose chose me 
rather than me choosing my purpose. Like, I don't want to be a fucking writer. <laughs> That's so hard. Like, I don't want to write little poems on Instagram, but like, that's the thing I can't not do. Like, that's my fucking jam. I'm supposed to be doing this. I know it in my bones. And at the same time, it's consequently very irritating. Like I would much prefer to be like a fireman or a fucking park ranger or a snorkeler or something, you know? And so for a long time, I had to, this is not where you thought this was going. Hey, Traven, Leela. For a long time, I had to like battle that resistance. Like, I don't want to go to this place, but I kept being called these little heart whispers as I described them. Hey, you're supposed to do this shit. Hey, you're supposed to do this shit. And so some of the work that I do with clients and will do in Costa Rica is to help people navigate that. We, We all, I think, are familiar with these little whispers, these little pangs that are saying, hey, enough, or this isn't working, or hey, I want to do that, or hey, what if that happened? And so, yeah. Some of the workshops we'll be working on is diving into that, grounding into your own agency, learning to fortress or buttress your intuitive instincts and letting that spark in your heart out to play a little bit more and more. That's me. That's a rant. Thanks for coming to my short TED Talk. And uh, Leela Dilla, over to you. What, what are your thoughts on purpose and all of those profound things that Traver inquired about? I think I need you to write my bio, though, just as a personal note. I think it would be nice people ask me what the hell I do. And I'm like, and if I had like a spoken word, that, man, I just love that. I loved what you said. Yeah. So I'm 30 now that we got that off of that. (laughs) But I've gone through a good amount of shit in my life. I remember, um, kind of always being curious about what else was going on here. I remember playing in the sandbox when I was little and being like, where the fuck are these ants going? And like, what, what is happening? I, I was homeschooled until I went to college. So I had a lot of time to explore and wonder about the world and um, had some challenges in my younger years that really um, at first dissociated me from myself and got me on this epic outside search for meaning and purpose and a life that looked very happy and pleasing externally. And I really felt like a shell of a human. And because I felt like a shell of a human and it looked like everything should have been right, I really didn't know what to do until everything kind of collapsed. Um, And I finally started to go inward to figure out what the fuck was going on here. (laughs) And um, I started, I guess my initial like intro to this was I started teaching yoga when I was 19, which is also quite young. And I, I, I don't even know who, actually, some of you probably came to my classes at that time. So hell yeah. Um, And what that did for me was help me realize that I really didn't feel um, internally sourced. I felt very like a shell. Like I keep doing all these things that people are telling me I should be doing and I keep getting there. And then the happiness that I thought would arrive doesn't arrive. (laughs) And that got me uh, upset enough that I started kind of chiseling away at the shell of who I was and letting that die (laughs) so that who I actually was could kind of emerge from within, which like Jeremy said, is not usually the thing that we want to do, Mm. but it's the thing we can't not do. So 
now I coach specifically women. I run a women's um, online group called the Heart Space. Um, I do co coaching courses for women specifically, and I work privately with women. Um, I did a trauma-informed training, and uh, Carolyn Mace is one of my main mentors who is kind of a pioneer in the world of energy medicine and shifting our stories about our life so that we can actually heal and manage our power um, with sovereignty in the world. And I truly, truly believe that we have individually an incredible amount of power over our life to make our life what we want it to be. And um, I help people do that. I've, I've helped myself do that. I continuously help myself do, do that because life doesn't stop coming at you. Um, and then I take great pride in helping guide people back to themselves. Um, to me, purpose is not something that I find externally. It's something that I dig a well deep enough inside of myself so that it comes up from within me. And then everything I present my or step into every situation, every relationship, every um, circumstance, I bring purpose to it. And I believe everyone has that capacity to do that. I think it's, we've kind of been told a lie about what purpose is <laughs> that like when I get that job and people appreciate or praise me for that thing, then I'll feel purposeful. And of course that does feel good in some ways, but it usually doesn't last. And um, a lot of my training has been in um, deeper yoga philosophy and spiritual texts, um, which all kind of lead us back to engaging back with the core of who we are or the soul of life or the spirit or the heart, um, which is woo woo. As that sounds, I actually truly believe that is the essential piece that a lot of us are missing on the paths that we're walking, that we are doing everything outside of us, trying to obtain something that can only really be found from within. And as weird as that sound, like, how do I find something within? It's not. And it's actually super simple. I think it's just so simple. We forget it. Um, and so a lot of the work that I do and what I would do in Costa Rica or will do um, is just teaching presence and teaching how to let go and release of the shit that keeps us from being present. So that's trauma inside of our body. That's beliefs that don't serve. Um, that's fear that is not even ours that we've just been carrying for a long time. When all of that is lifted up and out, we really do have a an opportunity to sit presently inside of our bodies and turn the volume up of those heart whispers. Cause I really do believe that we are being guided um, and we are part of something really wonderful here in life, but oftentimes we're just moving too quickly. We are too worried about how things are going to unfold. We are too um, scared of the uncertain. We are too fearful of each other um, to the point where we can't even hear our truth. We don't even sit. We don't even know how to sit with ourselves because there's too much bubbling up. And so what I practice in my own life and how I guide the women that I work with and anyone is like, what's really going on inside of us that's keeping us from understanding what's true. There's nothing that I can give you or that anyone can give you actually that isn't already inside of you. And any good coach or any teacher is really just helping you release the shit that isn't true so that you can just be who you naturally are. There is no obtaining you <laughs> like five minutes from now or five years from now, like you are you. And we just have to release the shit that's not there, ours. It's... um a lot of fear, a lot of worry, um, and a lot of past experiences that just haven't been fully processed yet. So as we process those, who we really are and our actual purpose and that ability to trust the guidance that we're getting internally is something that we can start to like, imagine it like our compass actually, like our purpose is actually our compass internally. And the more we're able to let go of the things that aren't true, the more clearly we can hear that. And it's something that we are able to walk with with conviction we move into every sin single situation with it by our side we don't every moment of our life becomes purposeful if we're able to release the things that are not true does that make sense it makes sense Lila. okay thank you you're doing great thanks yeah
Um, yeah. And in Costa Rica, I'll teach yoga. We do this really cool breathwork practice that, uh, mm. blows everything out of the water. If you've ever done it with me, it's called Prima breathwork. It's a version of holotropic breathing and it really connects the body and the mind and, um, the spirit kind of in this cohesive manner to where we really have an opportunity to process in real time things that we've been holding on to. Um, so we'll do that a couple of times, which is really profound. Um, I will probably teach some workshops with the guys too. Trevor and I teach a lot together and I'm just mesmerized by Jeremy's way of articulating words significantly better than me. So I'll probably just participate in those workshops. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've been leading retreats since oddly, um, I was 23, which is, um, date myself even more. I think I was 23. Maybe I turned 23 that summer. Um, so I've led a lot of retreats and when people step out of the stressors of their daily life and the habitual patterns that literally just reinstall shitty beliefs about ourselves, when we step out of that, I, I, every single time within the first 12 hours of a group coming together. And I think I've led nearly 30 retreats. People are not the same. Like they have 12 to 18 new best friends. They, everything is different because they're living in a different house. They're eating different food. They're in a different environment. People know nothing about them. So all the stories that you don't like about your life, you ain't got to tell nobody about them. You are a free human. You literally get to step out of the confines and the change of who you always are and literally have a chance to explore. It is incredible. I flew to India one time, twice actually. And on the flight there, I could have turned around because that was my realization. I was like, when I land, nobody knows me. I can do whatever I want. I can be whoever I want. I can only take the good stories. I can create new ones. It was insane. And then, of course, it was life-changing. But I think that element, I learned it on the plane. Getting out of our own patterns is incredible. And then actually having people that support you who like believe in your highest self that aren't willing to or aren't wanting to perpetuate <clears throat> crap stories that don't serve. Oh, my gosh. Who's been on a retreat, actually? Can I get a show of hands? Who's been on a retreat? Let me see. Let me go through the pages here. Okay, cool. Some head shakes for those that felt that way. Yes. <laughs> this shit's crazy. You can't really explain it. Okay, I think that's it. Trave, what you got? I'm just going to take a breath and let some of that settle. Thank you. <laughs> you to breathe. I do breath. <laughs> Oh, pieces. Uh, uh, I actually just, I get nervous. Like it really blows my mind that I'm even like allowed to talk with you and Jeremy. <laughs> I think I said that we led a retreat together two years ago and I was like shaking and crying. Like, how am I here talking with these two great people? That, that, it was still doing it. it. Wonderful. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll add first before diving in that uh, I think it was Carolyn Mace who said so often our purpose is not what we want, but it's what we're good at, right? Mm -hmm. Like she wanted to be a book publisher and that was her thing. And mm -hmm. she was terrible at it, but it was like, <laughs> I'm going to be a book publisher. And now, you know, she's an author and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I'll jump in. So my name is Traver. I'm a God. How do we do this? It's the same thing. I'm a writer. I'm a speaker. I run the best goddamn men's movement on the planet. And it wasn't always so. Uh, I start, you know, I'm like Jeremy. I was a bodyguard for six years, and that was my purpose. I was a professional MMA fighter for three years, and that was my purpose. I was a real estate appraiser for six years, and that was my purpose. I went to acupuncture school and became an acupuncturist, and that was my purpose. I opened a gym, and that was my purpose. 
somewhere along the line, actually, it was when the gym opened, we needed to have a blog. And so I remember flipping a coin with my business partner at the time. And he was like, you know what? I don't really care how this coin lands. I can't write for shit. And I love numbers. And I was like, I don't fucking do numbers, but I think I can write pretty good. And so there it went. And now I look back on that day as holy shit. What would my life be like now if I hadn't had to write those early blogs, which by the way, were like bricks of text that were just the most God awful things ever anyone's ever written or read, but they started a process. And so I'll say this was a big struggle for so long in my life. Like people who understand or people who express like, this is an existential angst. It's like, I can't rest until I will always have this thing, this itch of like, I don't, until I figure out what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not going to be at peace. Or at least that's how I approached it, or it was my experience with it. And I can say that in each one of those careers, most of which lasted for five years or longer, I knew it wasn't the thing, right? Like bodyguarding is boring, boring as shit. Uh, fighting is not going to happen after 30. Acupuncture is like, wow, I get to see one person per hour. This isn't going to work. Running a gym, cool. Guess what? Like I get tired of explaining to how to squat. But writing kind of took over. Speaking kind of took over. Uh, the sharing of it took over. And I'll also go back and say this. In hindsight, this is what I share now with clients. And it's something... Jeremy brought up and Leela mentioned. In 2009, when I opened the gym, I joined Toastmasters. Why? Wanted to be a public speaker. They asked me to compete in the world championships of speaking, like write about whatever you want. 2009, I sat down and wrote a speech about men and took that speech all the way to the quarterfinals of the world championships of speaking and got kicked out, like blown out of the water. And I remember talking to one of the judges afterwards and they were like, no one really cares about that. So we didn't really like your speech. Plus you alienated half the audience. And I was like, thanks. Good. Cause I don't really, I don't know why I wrote that speech. Fast forward a couple of years to sitting in the woods, meditating in a survival school experience, which is a whole nother story. It's like Jeremy's breakup story and having this vision of working with men, of talking to men, of like, I actually stood up in the middle of a meditation. It's the only time in my life I've ever had a vision when meditating and gave this whole speech to a group full of men. And then opened my eyes and was like, that's weird. I'm not going to work with men. That's kind of funny. And then two months later, I'm in a month long course with a teacher and get paired up in the front of the room, me and another dude. And she asked me just to hold something for him while he worked through it. And afterwards, she pulls me aside and goes, please, whatever you do with your life, work with men. I've never seen anything like that in my 30 years of teaching. And I was like, thanks, but it's not what I'm going to do. So awesome. Moved to Brooklyn. A year later, hire a business coach who's like, hey, tell me what you're going to do. I run down this list of four things. Number four, I remember saying, writing, if there's spare time, I'm going to work with men. Now my life is dudes. It's, it's men on men. It's like all the men things. And so I can go back and in hindsight, look at how many of the whispers were there and look at all the reasons I discounted them. 
there's no money in this. Who gives a fuck? It's not going to be fun. Who am I to speak to men? What would I even say? Like, I don't want this. It's not my ego doesn't like it. Like, this isn't popular. And it really wasn't until the day that it became unavoidable that I went, Jeremy used the word. I just surrendered to the fact that this decision has been made for me. And I can spend the rest of my life ignoring it and finding other avenues and other distractions. Or I can just say, you know what? This is something I can't not do. I have no idea how this is going to play out. I have, I, com- I have no fucking clue. I'm just literally going to take one step at a time, at a time, at a time, at a time, and see what unfolds. And to someone who has moderate to severe control issues, that was hard. I wanted like the 19-year plan of like, this is what it's going to look like. This is how much money. This is the thing, blah, blah, blah. Like, let me just do this. And it was all about doing that which is very difficult. So for those of you listening or those of you like working through this, like look back and, and, and see what's blatantly in front of you. They're like, oh, wow, five people in a year told me I should work with men. And I was like, look at that. That's five people who have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> As opposed to like, wow, that keeps coming up. Interesting. Maybe I should take note of that. I'll add one more quick thing and then dive into a bit of Costa Rica. I think it's our friend Amber who has also this idea, Amber Hawken, of the invisible step. And I think so many times we're par- terrified of what if this isn't the right step? And Jeremy was in my life at this point when I became a divorce coach for like three weeks. And it, it was the worst. I was miserable. Like I was, I couldn't do it. I was like, angry at clients because I was angry at whoever was getting divorced because I was still getting, it was terrible. But had I not taken that step, that was the invisible step that made me look up and go, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to do this thing that doesn't work that my ego wants me to do. I'm going to do the thing that's unavoidable. Mm -hmm. So also don't be afraid to take the wrong, there is no wrong step, right? If I can go back to being a divorce coach, like thank fucking God for that month, made $0, <laughs> helped no one, <laughs> did nothing. And thank God that I actually planted that flag because there was no flag before it. So in Costa Rica, I'm going to be working a lot with masculine feminine dynamics. I'm going to be working a lot with leadership about clarifying this vision so that it's not so murky, so that you actually have something that you can look at on a wall on a voice note with a partner, with you, even if it is murky, just some ways to make it really clear and to give people a shit ton of permission to actually lead in their lives while also surrendering. I may also teach a choke or two just for funsies. Drave, can I say one more thing? Yeah. Element. And we, the last time we did this retreat, we called it um, unleash. 2020. Yeah. So knowing what our words can do, we <laughs> decided to call this one the unfolding, which seems much more trustworthy and easy to enter into. And um, <clears throat> I love. And um, it just makes me think of how, you know, as I listen to both of your stories, and I think that's actually a piece of um, 
why I talk too fast and can't really understand what I do because it, it wasn't like one choice. Mm. It's never just, I didn't, you don't choose your entire career, your entire life's purpose in one step. You're, you're following breadcrumbs constantly, tiny, tiny, tiny breadcrumbs constantly. And it's your job to follow the breadcrumbs You eat the cake at one time, the whole cake, you eat a bite and you take a step with conviction and trust in your whole ass and your whole heart and everything, one full step, even if it's the wrong, there are no wrong choices. All there is, is an aim. All there is, is where am I? Am I, am I standing on a engine of love or an engine of fear? Mm-hmm. I need to orient myself back to love and trust. If I trusted this process, where would I stand and how would I choose? And I make a choice and then I make the next one and then I make the next one. And then I make the next one. And if you, and then you will get down the staircase in one piece or up the staircase, whichever way you're going, right? We, we, there's something that paralyzes us with stepping into the life we want to live because we think we need to take the whole goddamn staircase. There is, and I, it is my biggest pet peeve when people tell me they cannot hear what they should be doing. Yes, you do. You hear it. It's the thing that scares you. It's the thing that's going to change your life. It's the thing that you keep going, please give me a sign. And then life's like, here's a pile of signs. And you're like, not that one. I don't want to do anything different. <laughs> that's your sign. Do yeah. one thing that you've been told over and over again that you should be doing. Right. And then there's this thing of the external shoulds and the internal shoulds. Don't listen to external shoulds. Nobody knows what you should do with your life out there. But if you're hearing internal shoulds constantly and you're ignoring them, that's your purpose. You should go on a walk. You should eat better. You should call that friend. You should get on that call. Yeah, you should. You should listen to yourself. That's your guidance. That's your purpose. That's literally the intelligence of the cosmos talking to you directly inside of you, going to direct you where you need to go. Don't listen to the external shoulds and start doing something now. Like We are constantly in co-creation. We're just ignoring it because we're afraid of like, oh God, what will my life be if I change? It'll probably be what you want it to be because what's the worst I could have? I'm going to stay like it is. But we stay paralyzed because we think we have to do it all at once. And what you've just heard is that it doesn't happen all at once. This is this beautiful interplay of you, you taking a step and then the universe taking a step. I think it's Joan of Arc who said, act and God acts. What are we waiting for? Like, you know, don't tell yourself that lie. Don't, the more you lie to yourself, the further you get away from your purpose. Yeah, it ended up fine for Joan of Arc. So totally. Everything went totally. Hey, she be, she's a saint. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I'm teasing you. But I'm just saying. No, it's good advice. <laughs> Joan of Arc was a badass. Yeah, let's let's open this up. <clears throat> so if you want to electronically raise your hand, if you have a question. Uh, I think it, while that's happening, I think it's really important to also add that so many of us fantasize about the purpose that comes with a seven-figure income, a perfect relationship, the body fat percentage that we want, multiple orgasms a day, uh, a PR agent, and a life of ease. Like checks, when I'll know when my purpose arrives, when there's just like checks in the mailbox and fans outside. And it's not that. It's so often challenging. And it's also so often, it's not this grandiose thing. Your purpose may not be to be a New York Times bestseller on Oprah, who's famous and yada, yada. Your purpose may be 
to run a homeless shelter and no one's going to fucking know about it. No one, but you, but you will wake up every day knowing like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Tom, we'd love to hear from you, brother. Hey, how's it going guys? Can you hear me? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm really thankful uh, for you guys having this talk tonight. It's, uh, you know, I get stuck in this mental masturbation in my mind of do, don't, do, don't, do, don't. But then I come back to the center. I'm like, ah, I give myself every excuse to, oh, no, this reason is this, this, and this, why I shouldn't do things. And I come back to doing the same. What what comes up for me is I, I keep coming to this space in my mind where I feel like there's this kind of Western ideology in the sense of you have to have these letters behind your name to be valid and be validated. And for me to feel like as if I'm proven or, or I'm, I'm, I guess, uh, qualified to do a specific thing. Mm -hmm. So I struggle with, because I like, I feel like I would like to work with men in some capacity. But I feel like that I can't unless I have some sort of qualification. Is that so? I feel like it's almost like an imposter syndrome just for an excuse not to do so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll speak to that real quick. That first of all, there is the uncivilized coaching cert where you can get the thing behind your name to speak to men. (laughs) And my qualifications for working our men are a master's degree in Chinese medicine, some cage fighting. And a month in the dark. CrossFit level one. And CrossFit level one. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I also have. <laughs> okay, I can deadlift. Um, Jeremy is a doctor. So maybe you can speak a little bit, Jer, to having the, like, the beauty of having the letters behind your name and how that immediately eliminates imposter syndrome forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not my experience. I actually wrote a post a while, a while back that, it started like I have a PhD and imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and my experience is that a piece of paper is not going to heal years of beliefs or pressure or fear uh, immediately. It's helpful to attract clients and it's helpful to build a practice. But I think that we, and I feel like I'm, I can say this as a PhD, we, we tend to overvalue academic qualifications and tend to undervalue lived real world experiences. So for example, if I had a PhD in divorce, but I've never been in a relationship, Travers had six divorces, never been to college and he's thriving. Like who would you hire? Right? Like I would probably hire Traver. Right. And so I think there's that aspect. The other aspect is that we tend to, in my experience working with people, um, we tend to have this story or this belief that we need to know everything or be fully competent and capable before we begin assisting other people. And one simple way that I've described that is that you can be at level three, so to speak, of your experience, your knowledge, your wisdom, your qualifications. Um, and you compare yourself to people at level 10 and that's helpful if it inspires you, but it also is not great if it prevents you from helping people from level one, get to level two and those at level two to get to level three where you are. Right. And so there's a tremendous amount of work that can be done 
where you are right now. And you don't have to be perfect and you're going to make mistakes and you can still answer that call. And I think the, the analysis paralysis, so to speak, of chasing one more podcast, one more book to read, one more workshop to attend, one more retreat to, to participate in is a form of avoidance and distraction that, you know, for a while might be required for us to build up the esteem and capability and readiness for us to really take that next step. But I think I've seen it the other way, and it's perpetuating a lifetime of avoidance um, and not answering that call. Um, so that's just a, a few thoughts. A giant asterisk, which is like if you're working with people and dealing with some significant issues, it's good to have a, a background in qualification. Like I wouldn't want to go to Traver for my brain surgery, right? Uh, I wouldn't go to him for deeply traumatic uh, mental disorders, like those kind of. There are certain areas which require an expertise that I don't think you can get from necessarily having. Maybe you could, but anyway, I hope that you understand what I mean by that asterisk. Yeah. Hope that helps. Lila, do you have a quick thought on that? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, when it comes to what's actually effective around like specifically doing work, like men's work, it's or like I work with women and I can guarantee there has been no one who I've worked with who has complimented me for the enormous amounts of particularly perfect um, intellectual insight that I was able to provide for them via my voice. And that changed their life. Usually it's how they felt when they were around me. And that will be the same with the men. I mean, you can do men's work just having one conversation with a man. Like the way you carry yourself and what you're connected to, if your purpose, you're like, I'm in service to love and truth. And so I carry myself anchored in love and truth. And so every time I'm standing in front of somebody, I'm carrying that purpose with me and I'm staying in alignment with that, whether they're bagging my groceries or I'm having a casual conversation or I'm on a coaching call with them. I'm carrying how I want that person to feel inside of me. I'm embodying that. And I'm staying away from thinking I need to say the right thing. They're not, they don't have half the time. Mostly I'm stuttering and saying words backwards, but people have a profound experience with their with when they're with me. And it's not because I'm getting it perfect. It's not because I'm nailing it down in the mind. There's so much mental clutter and information and it's constant. And it does actually keep us in paralysis from making a move. And the reality is like, Think about the people who've affected your life profoundly. Was it because of that they said it perfectly or was it because they actually shifted the way you felt in your body for the first time, maybe ever? That is the most important thing. And yes, of course, we should study and gather the knowledge that feels true for us. We should throw out everything that doesn't land. If we are an academic, go for it. If you're not, what is it that you're embodying? I mean, that is true. We are affecting everyone all the time all the time. So I think that you can even just start to see like the great acts that you are um, participating in on a daily basis. You don't have to have a men's movement like Travers to be um, an incredible attribute to the men's movement. You do it one, I think, Tom, were you on our call and you have sons? Do you have? Right. Yeah. 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 I remember you. you you're doing <laughs> men's work every day. I am. Yeah. It's and I commend you for that. Like, wow keep doing it. Like you're show, you're teaching them how to be embodied and how to, how to respect each other, how to honor, how to listen, how to hold someone, how to, 
be held. Like you're, you're doing it every step, every person you encounter. And that is the practice because that's what is the most important when you're really affecting someone's life in a bigger scale too. You appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That land, Tom, like we, yeah, we want to yeah. be, we want to be very clear that there's work that requires professional training. Definitely. Period. Fucking period. Yeah. And there's a way to start of how you enter, like Leela said, how you interact with your sons, how you interact with other men that doesn't require a PhD. And so if you want to go into this as just you're starting. And if you'll notice, all three of us are constantly in education, constantly taking workshops, reading books, talking to professionals, hiring coaches, working with people who know more than we do. And we also know exactly when to refer out to say, hey, this thing you just brought to me, this is above my pay grade. But I know Dewey Freeman. I know some other people. I know some folks to send you to, right? But to start, I think you just need permission. Permission to not need all of those letters after your name. Yeah. Can I just add something quick to that? Is sure. um, like when we talk about this idea of, of being still and, and talking to God or listening to your intuition, et cetera, feeling pulled towards something. I think while you're in those places of silence or stillness, meditation, it's also an opportunity to, to pay attention to the voices and the fears that are coming up for you. And so for you, Tom, it might be helpful to like catalog what some of those things are and just purge them and write them down. Like I'm not, I don't have a certification. So that equals I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not ready yet, et cetera. And, and oftentimes that can lead you towards an insight or a transformation or some aspect of healing that presents you with that next step on your invisible path forward. Right. And so <clears throat> as Trevor was alluding to, it's this cyclical kind of thing whereby you're doing your own work personally, you're studying, you're healing, you're realizing. And then part of that is uh, kind of wrapping up the gift to then present out into the world. And so it kind of never ends, right? So when I talked about that one to 10 leveling up, it's like, that's what's going on. So in that manner, personal development is business development, right? And so continuing to work on yourself is how you continue to, to do work with others. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, brother. Dewey, did you have a specific comment towards this or a question? Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, hi, everyone, and thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Tom, I'm one of the people that does the super heavy-duty stuff. That's what I've spent my life doing. When I do that, I need people like you to hang out with people, to sit on a park bench and say, how the fuck you doing, to... Uh, take a walk, to talk to, to, for somebody to call on the phone, all of those things. This is a community and a team effort. This is not a, this is, nobody can do everything. And um, so, I mean, it sounds like you're, you're, and I I don't know you, so I don't want to assume this. Sounds like you're saying, well, I'm sort of a white belt. And it's like, good. (laughs) We need white belts. We need all kinds of steps in here. This is a community gig. This is not the the biggest thing that causes issues for men is is isolation and betrayal. Um, so uh, having somebody that's there 
so that somebody is not isolated and having somebody that's there that won't betray them is unbelievably healing, no matter what I do with them. So that's all I wanted to add in prayer. So powerful. Thank you, Dewey. Appreciate you, brother. Edwina Johnston, love to hear from you. We're going to go just a few minutes long, if you guys, and we understand if people have to drop off. Can you unmute yourself, Edwina? Do I need to ask you to? There we go. Hi, thanks for this. Um, I think my question is, how do you know whether it's really your purpose and you're following your internal guide or whether you're wanting to change others so that you are achieving what you're not getting internally, you know, that kind of projecting. So I'm kind of a little bit confused about whether it's my ego or whether it's my real purpose. Mm. So I've worked as a nurse. I've worked in social welfare. I've done sociology degree. And seven, uh, four years ago, I realised I really didn't know that much about men. And what I was taught was actually very different to what I've been studying. And so the last four years, I've really, really started to read and learn a lot about men. And it's completely different to what I was raised believing. Um, and I found that especially when you're in anonymous forums on websites, men were actually a lot more honest and, and would go against the stereotypes and be really vulnerable. And I'm really good at kind of seeing different things and seeing how they connect and how they connect to people. So my drive at the moment and my passion really is being like I really want to work with men, but even like, you know, just doing posts on Instagram or going, you know, like this is like a summary of everything that I've read and I think that this is what's missing from the conversation. Even though I'm a woman, I feel like I can see that these things are not being spoken about. And even if I direct them to you, Trevor, which you have been so instrumental, you and Jordan Gray have been so instrumental in me feeling like what I've realising what I've been taught about men is inaccurate. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, even to direct people differently, but then other people are like, no, that's just your ego, Edwina, or you're trying to do it because of, you know, I do have trust issues from when I was a kid that I'm working from. So it's kind of like, am I wanting men to change so that I feel safer around men? Or am I really, really, really wanting to kind of add my piece to the conversation and to see things that I think are missing? It's a great question. Uh, <laughs> can, can I just say also, I'm so jealous of all this talk of Costa Rica because we can't even... 18 months we haven't even been able to leave our house for more than 10 miles it's hell where are you oh. um in victoria and that's another thing that i got on the call for because um in the last week i've really realized that um unless i get vaccinated i can't work mm-hmm. and so it's really made me go i do not want to work i don't agree with vaccinations as a former nurse i'm concerned about what i'm hearing mm-hmm. but it's more mm-hmm. the fact though that um i'm at a point where i've kind of got that employee mentality and going, yeah, that's made me at risk of actually saying you're going to be unemployed. I haven't worked in two months, but I can't even get a job um, before Friday. And that's made me go, I think I need to go into private business. Mm. 18 months, though. I'll take a a quick shot at this, and here's what I heard that I want to just address. Uh, Be independent of the good opinion of other fucking people. Like... So people are telling you why you're doing this. Well, they can lovingly fuck off. And it may be a bit of your ego. It may be a bit that you don't feel safe. And so that you, like Jeremy said, what's the thing that, that rubs you about the world? Solve that. Work on that. I, I don't know if there's just this amazingly 
selfless, divine purpose that has no ego and no other gratification and isn't tied to a past wound and may not be tied a little bit to trauma. I don't know if that exists. Maybe it does, but okay. I really don't care why I'm effective at what I do and why I'm doing what I do right now. And, and the, the positive, if that's like by 20 years from now, I look back and go, man, I changed a millions men, million men's lives and wrote a shit ton. And, and that had some of my ego in it. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to sleep at night. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But when people, other people decide to chime in and tell you about your purpose. Yeah, they can, they can go somewhere else. Okay, thank you. Lula Jer. Um, I'll just chime on the the part around like how do how can I tell the difference between intuition and a trauma response? I've been jamming on that a lot lately. Um, I find that um if I'm my intuition comes from inside of our bodies, not our minds, not our frantic minds. Intuition is not based off of fear. And usually our intuition is very clear and direct. It's usually a thing we don't want to hear. And we usually hear it first before we've had time to make a conversation in our mind about it. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, it takes some uh, stamina to admit that. Like the first thing we had heard was actually true. Um, and, but, and I know that as soon as I've started to carry on and tell a, a story about it in my mind, that usually means I've, I've moved up out of my body into my mind and I'm having an ego experience, fighting with myself and talking myself out of it, making excuses and using other people's opinions. Um, so as soon as I hear my mind just kind of flying off into orbit, I know I've moved out into the ego. And if it's an embodied, quiet, quick knowing, that's intuition. And it comes from our body, not our mind either. So practices for that are actually spend more time inside of your body notice and and that will also help with any trauma response that you are having towards men is to do what you can as a woman or as a person um, to release stories that are held inside of your body like the issues are in our tissues right so the more you um, have some sort of movement practice or spending time in nature reconnecting to your body itself not the mind literally from the neck down and you can start to trust what you're hearing inside. You're paying attention to what you're hearing inside. You're respecting, you're honoring, you're committed to staying present there. You'll, you'll be able to hear your intuition louder and your trauma will resolve. So it's just going to make, it's going to be a double, double win there. Um, and then I, I agree with Traver on that, that we don't need to, you know, if it's an outside should, there's, there's I think everyone needs to be more particular with, um, like who we, whose opinion we take on. There are very, very few people who I, one, even tell anything about my life to, real stuff, and definitely don't ask their opinion. Because most, the way I live my life is kind of unique. Most people would think the way that I live my life, the things that I'm pondering doing are crazy. I don't ask them. (laughs) I don't ask them. (laughs) Unless I want them to talk me out of it. I don't, there are very, we should have a few companions in our life that we trust to consult with about what it is that we're doing. If we really value their unbiased take, and then still it's you at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. you know, Traver is one of my people that I would take something to and walk, talk it through. And then at the end of the day, it's still up to me, but I can, you know, I only have a select few people that I would really consider. So 
I would also just take that into account. Like our, the naysayers are fast and huge for whatever we're doing. And we have, there is no reason to take on the opinions of that many people. And it is beautiful and really crucial to have a couple people in your corner that you can commune with to help you clarify your intent. Shall we jump to another one? Jared, do you have anything you want to say on that? We have Brad and Joe got hands up. Um, yeah, I suppose just quickly, it seems like a very reasonable motivator for that kind of work to create safety for yourself and other women on the planet. Like that seems like a very reasonable motivation in the same way that I've met lots of people that want polar bears on the planet. And, and so they want to work on polar bears and other people want to protect trees and other people want to make art. It's like, we're all trying to, I think, create a world that we could be proud of that we want to leave behind, right? As future ancestors. And I think one thing that would be interesting for you potentially would be to um, pay some attention to that part of you that is really concerned about that choice. Like whether it's just for your ego or what, I forget what the, what the other one was, because it's your deeper intuitive thing. I think it'd be interesting to just sit with that part of yourself and just maybe explore that a, a bit. Yeah. yeah, thanks for bringing that to us. Joe, we're going to go Joe and Brad, and then we're going to wrap up so you guys can eat some din din. Joe, let's hear from you, brother. Hey, guys. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So I'd love to hear y'all's opinion on how someone's purpose relates to their career or how someone can achieve their purpose not through their career how do you you start with this one like what like what specifically is your like if somebody can work at a job that's not their purpose so that it allows them to pursue their purpose is that what you're saying yeah exactly so just a little i mean if you don't mind a little background I uh, I went through. I be, was a veterinarian for several years, and then just wasn't feeling fulfilled in that path, in that uh, career path. And then ultimately stumbled into, you know, okay, like can I have my purpose not through you know being a veterinarian? So can I still work this job while also feeling fulfilled elsewhere, somewhere else? Uh, it turns out that was not it. So now I'm pursuing um, a career within wildlife. And that is totally aligned with my purpose. But once again, it is my, it's a new career path that I'm pursuing. Mm -hmm. So for my question, it's almost as if, does someone, does someone's purpose really have to make them that money and pursue that career? Or is it, Mm -hmm. oh, I can be a stockbroker, although that doesn't really make me fill my cup, but it allows me somewhere else to pursue, uh, you know, my purpose in another way. Mm. I hope I didn't overexplain that. Nope. I think that's clear. Joe, I'll just say two sentences that I know a guy whose mission is in life is to create a safe world for his autistic son. That's what he, that's why he's here. He has a job, right. That pays him. He has hobbies, but that is why he's on this earth. That is his, deepest purpose, but he's not monetizing that. Right. And so I would just leave it at, it can be. And for some people it is. And for some people it's just not, and it's, that's okay too. And I'll just leave it at that. 
Yeah, I think I would just add to that, like for now, like, like what you've described for now, <clears throat> it's, it's temporary and it will evolve and expand and change and transform, et cetera. And I think it's a, a question to ponder regularly. Um, it's not as, as if we could be like, yeah, Joe, you're fucking right on the path, my man. And then for the next 60 years, you just do, do that thing. Um, I think it's good that you're exploring that. And I think it's an important distinction. But I think the answer comes from a clarity within that that is like like Lila was describing. It's like a knowing. It's like, no, this feels right for me right now. Um, and maybe you get to a point where that um, veterinary job, it, it, like for me, it was like, I don't know if Joe, if you can see, but like uh, PhD was like 100%, fuck yes. And then I was like, oh, adorable little love bombs project. And it was like, over time, it was like doing this. And then it, for this for a while, it was in the valley of the suck. And then I went like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's up to us to decide you know, what feels good. What kind of life do we desire to experience? Yeah. I think in, we can also um, I echo what you guys both said. And oftentimes when we're doing certain things that don't, that feel a little bit off, that can be a really good gauge of like, what, what do we feel is missing here that I don't have? I mean, everything is our teacher. Every situation, every person is our teacher for paying attention, right? So what is it about this particular career path that isn't fulfilling me? And can I reflect on that? Can I sit with that? Can I journal on that? Like what's really missing here? And then if it's, you know, with those missing things, then is there a way that I can up-level nourishing myself in that way externally that's not in my job, right? If I'm missing human connection or I'm missing laughter or I'm missing meaning or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank with a word of what's missing here. Like, is there extra things or things that I could be devoting my other time in my life towards so that I can start to fill up that cup? Um, And then that's, you know, I would suggest regardless of what we're doing, whether our purpose is also what we make money doing or not, it is our responsibility, I feel, to have practices in our life that fill our internal cup anyway. Because I I do make money doing my purpose, and that is the best and worst thing about my life. And I think you, you guys can like say that that's true for you too, because it's, it's almost constant. It, it can be completely constant and it fucking exhausting. If I don't still fill my internal cup <laughs> and find slowness and have a meditation practice and connect back with my, my source and orient myself back to peace and um, really like question, what am I in service to just by waking up? Like, what am I in service to? And then what am I in service to when I engage in my work? And that is what cultivates like real um, meaning and real yeah, fulfillment internally versus thinking that walking into this job is going to give it to me. Um, so yeah, I would say that either way, whether our purpose is making our money or not, we should have a practice that connects us back to that sense of self-sourcing um, either way, which will one, you just make your career path better. <laughs> It'll make your career path better either way, <laughs> whether it's your purpose or not. So definitely cultivate that as much as you can. And I don't think they have to be the same. I just think we have to be paying attention to that element. Awesome. Thanks guys. Brad, real quick. What do you got? Uh, I just want to fire answer you. Acknowledge you guys for, you know, individually, you guys are awesome gifts. Uh, the three of you together is, is an outstanding gift. But, um, if I was to pose a question to you guys, 
what do you think? And it's one, it's related to something that I've been working on. I'm working towards pressing the launch button on my website. And it's a culmination of everything that's been happening in the last couple of years in terms of growth and, and culmination of my skill sets and all that. But um, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of the imposter syndrome that's holding me back from pressing launch, but there's also the, the, the centerpiece that I need to get back in contact with. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's back to the, the start of this call. It's like, what is that, what is that greatest gift that I'm actually giving? So if I was to pose a question to you guys, if you could nail down a single greatest gift that you're, you're giving, what would that be? Well, shit. I thought you were going to ask us about the website, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not promoting myself. First of all, this is something I do when I have imposter syndrome or I don't want to do something. I literally go like this. I imagine myself blowing up the fear. I'll literally be like, blowing it up. And I'll just push the button. Like, I'm not even kidding. And it works. I literally just imagine the fear blowing up. So I would do that and then text us later when you push publish. I would say that the greatest gift that I give to people is to remind them that they already have inside of them all that they're looking for. Brilliant. Jer? I was just reading. I mean, that was, that was outstandingly worded and very deeply profound. And I feel like you should have gone last. Like, thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dewey, the greatest gift we give is time. And I'm like, my head's a little bit spinning at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for me, I think it's, it's like, like I deeply believe in people. Like I deeply believe that they can change. I believe that anything is possible. And that's when I said in my introduction that I'm like a ferocious idealist. It's like, yeah, intentionally. Like I, I, in my spare time collect silver linings is like another version of that. It's like, yeah, no, like this is possible. This is fucking possible. Like I'm the yes guy. So like Traver calls me, he's like, I'm going to be a divorce coach. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. It'd be <laughs> awesome. He's like, hey, I quit divorcing. I'm going to do this other thing. I'm going to do a, I'm going to be a burpee consultant. I'm like, fucking oath. Yeah, you are. Maybe the best burpee consultant. Like, like I'm into, I'm into it. Like I believe, I believe in people. And I think that a lot of us, when you talk about imposter syndrome or fears or, um, or all of the, all of the shoulds and judgments and, and like, intimidations that that we give ourselves like i think we need people to believe in us and like i feel like i am that guy for a lot of people yeah drave yeah man you're you've been that guy for me over and over and over and brad i will say that the very first time i published a website that was my writing i had my best friend on the phone and we we crossfitted it he was like you ready three two one, I was like, no, 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 no. He's like, three, two, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. He's like, push the fucking button. And I pushed the button. And then like, he's like, close your computer, go for a walk, leave, get out of the house. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have done it. I spent like three weeks without him. So I echo what Jeremy said of, it's, you just need, you need friends. You need brothers. You need people to go, let me, let me borrow. You can borrow my belief in you. Mm-hmm. You can borrow my courage. I'm just going to give it to you until you find it and it's yours. And so I I don't know what my fucking gift is, man. I say 
I use words to make people feel. And I let people borrow my courage and my belief and, and the same. You need courage? I got it for you. You need belief? I fucking got it for you. Mm-hmm. And thank God I have people like these two to do the same for me. I think it, um, another way to phrase that question that would be interesting is like for us to answer that for the other people. Mm. The three of us know each other really well. Maybe mm-hmm. we can do that in Costa Rica. Yeah, that's a good idea. Since we're running out of time. And one <clears> last <throat> thing, if we're not embarrassed, I think it was Mastin Kip who said this and I did training with him at one point. He said, if we're not embarrassed by our first work, we waited too long to launch it. Yeah. It's a and steep every job. time... Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Every time I send an email, which always has some sort of grammatical error, even though I have grammarly wrong link, I'm like, well, yep. <laughs> I had to launch it. It was ready. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so do it because there's many things and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I did that then. But that was a breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. Like that was all leading to where I am now. And it will continue to be and in 10 years and be like, what? I talk that fast. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. She's fucking doing it. <laughs> you just got to do it. It's okay. To- <laughs> yeah. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Let's see you guys. Someone's got the link. There we go. I posted it here one more time. So Costa Rica, we're staying at this badass retreat center. It is made of um, shipping containers. They have the most comfortable beds in Costa Rica, and I've slept in a lot of them. They're actually comfortable beds. Like, they're comfy. Um, amazing food. Um, that I last They called them the kitchen witches. Like, it was incredible food the whole time. We have a whole big yoga space where we'll be doing movement and um, workshops. There's a, the whole, like, retreat center is around this big pool that's there. We're about a three-minute walk from the Black Sand Beach where you can go surfing. We're going on a waterfall hike, zip lining. Um, it's awesome. Last time, well, Ashley and Aaron were on the call. They got together at our last workshop and two years later, they're still together. Somebody else got a tattoo, Thor's hammer, because she is Thor. Um, we got Matav was here at the last one. Um, I think there was a couple other Bob's already signed up. So it's going to be amazing. If you haven't been on a retreat before and you're like, I don't know, I want to do that. Like it's going to be weird people. Just reach out to one of us. We can talk you through the process. It's a incredible, incredible week. And it's a really, um, I can't think of a better way to ring in the new year, but to be with wholesome, like-minded people that are um, also working to clarify their lives so they can step into 2022, trusting life, trusting that they have the tools that they need to move forward after these last two years. I feel like we need that more than ever in the way that the state of the world also Mm. to really believe that people have our back and that we're not alone um, and to spend time with yourself and spend time with others that are really there to see you. um, It can be profoundly healing and we'd love to have you there. And this is what the world needs. The world needs people who know why they're here and are willing to support each other now more than ever. Love you too. Thanks, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you soon. Have a great night. Good night. Love you, Leela. Love you, Jeremy. Love you guys. See you soon. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thank you, everyone.